Welcome to the Connected Mom Podcast, where we have conversations about connecting more deeply with God, more empathically with other moms, and more intentionally with your child. I'm Becky Harling, your host, and I have with me today my amazing co-host, Sarah Wildman. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks, Becky. It's so good to be here. Well, you know, we were just chatting that on our last episode, we started a conversation about comparing, comparison, right? And how our tendency to compare, especially as mom, moms, erodes our connection with God, our fellow moms, and our kids, which is exactly the opposite of what we hope to do on this podcast. So we wanted to um, kind of follow up more and tell us more about that, Becky, what kind of came on your heart after we finished recording the last yeah. episode. So the morning after we recorded that podcast, I was sitting, mm-hmm. it was about five o'clock in the morning and I was sitting with my Bible open and I was reading through John 15, which again is just one of my favorite passages, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I realized, okay, we have to do a second, we have to do a part two to the whole comparing um, problem because so much of the answer about our angstiness and comparing is found in John 15, where Jesus says that he is the vine and we are the branches. And his instructions to us are to stay connected to him. Yeah, as soon as you said John 15, I thought, that's perfect. It's one of my favorites too. In fact, I've taught my kids, there's a a kid song, I am the vine, you are the branches, and there's fun motion. So I'll try not to do those on the podcast. But that whole idea, right, of, of staying connected, it actually goes with the theme of our podcast. So I'm excited to dig through some of the things that you've discovered in that pack- passage. Yeah. And, you know, I we were talking because uh, Sarah and I like to have fun on this podcast. So we were joking quite a bit on the last one. And yeah. I mean, that is a part of who we are. So there will be jokes on this podcast. <laughs> However, you know, I don't want you to walk away, you the listeners, thinking that way, that comparing and feeling inadequate is just a big joke because we don't really feel that way. Usually mm-hmm. our sense of inadequacy really stems from some type of wound. And so we always want to invite Jesus into that wound to heal that sense of inadequacy. I I know for me, Sarah, I was thinking back on why do I sometimes feel inadequate? Where did that come from? You know, and one pivotal memory I have of my childhood was I can remember in the fifth grade, we had to do a huge revolutionary report. I mean, I'm talking Mm. about you were supposed to work on it all year long. And I felt this sense of being overwhelmed the entire year as I worked on it. Oh man! And I got it done. It was 110 pages. I'll never forget this handwritten. And I left out the battle of Kingston and one other battle. And I remember I got a B on it. And I was so upset because I hadn't gotten an A, you know, and it's such Mm -hmm. a little thing, but it points to a problem that I think shows us why we compare ourselves with others. You know, it it really comes down to this whole idea of achievement. And, And I think there's a difference between achievers and abiders. You know, you and I have both talked about how, You know, we're pretty solid threes on the Enneagram. And, you know, so 
Yep. We sure need you people who are nines and who are sevens. And, you know, we need a few eights in our life. But, you know, mm-hmm. the bottom line is that the whole Christian walk is not to be this accomplishment, right? Because Jesus accomplished everything on the cross. So he did it all for us. And so what he calls us to is to let go of the need of achieve, 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 you know, and instead embrace, abide, abide, abide. Because when we're abiding in him, he does the work through us. Like, have you ever, you know, studied the fruit of the spirit and then thought, oh, I got to work harder to produce this fruit? (laughs) We're doing that in our kids ministry right now at church. And I keep going, it's not try harder. Like it's fruit of the Spirit, Spirit, right? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, as an achiever, I'm like, oh, oh no. When I get to the patience one, I've got a lot more work. You know, it's it's how do I how do I develop them on my own so that I look more like Jesus versus yeah. how do we tap into who Jesus is, right? Yeah, and express and that as, in my life. As, totally different. I think it's so intriguing to me because as Jesus is teaching this passage that we call John 15, you know, he's on his way to the cross, you know? So this Mm. is one of the last messages Mm. he's going to give his disciples. And he knows that after he dies and resurrects from the dead, he's going to ask his disciples to change the whole world. And they're going to feel inadequate, you know? And I I think they could easily look at each other and think, well, you know, why, why don't I preach like that guy? Or why don't I do this like this guy? And instead, Jesus chooses... Some of us who are completely inadequate so that he can best glorify himself through us. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think as an achiever, it's almost an attempt to gain my value, right? From what I do and the abiding, you are soaking up who Christ is through being connected to him. It's nothing on our own that we then earn a value. We are valuable because we're his, which is a subtle swap, but really important. It, it really is. And I, I think this comes out with our kids a lot, you know, whether we like it or not, because even those that are not a three on the Enneagram, perhaps, they want their children to succeed, you know? Absolutely. And so they may push their children in one direction or another, or they may push them scholastically or musically or in sports, as we talked about last time. But achievers prioritize accomplishing, whereas abiders prioritize the relationship. And I think that's huge. And I, I think it's huge for mamas because rather than prioritizing homework sometimes, maybe what your child needs more than anything is for you to pull them close and listen to what's happened in school. Maybe what your child needs more than you pushing them towards some high-level travel sports team is to have a snack with you and to really share their heart about some things they're facing in their school. You know, achievers feel a lot of angst about the fact that they are maybe not accomplishing as much. I mean, I hear this a lot from young mamas, right? It's like, sure. Becky, I lost my brain when I gave birth. And now 
I just kind of walk around in a fog with a cup of coffee in my hand. And that's okay because this isn't the time maybe for you to be out there changing the world. Instead, as an abider, you can rest in the fact that you are deeply, deeply loved. You know, when you got the bathrobe going on, when you got the sick kid puking perhaps throughout the night, you've got a cup of coffee in your hand, and you are deeply, deeply loved. You don't have to be out there accomplishing and achieving, you know? And for me, that's that's comforting. Yeah, that totally is. And I think usually that cup of coffee is cold, Becky. Yes. <laughs> That's when you have to just use gonna the say microwave, that. which <laughs> yeah. I kind of just think destroys a good cup of coffee. But, oh, you know, sure. it, it is a thing. But it is an opportunity. I mean, because as you said, you're, you're not out there changing the world. And we know this as moms. Like, I know I'm changing the world from from my home. But, but that is the most valuable work in that season. And it's okay, right? That it looks different than... When you were a career person or when the kids yes. are older and you're able to serve more and, and embracing that season and, and seeing what God has for you in that. It's, it's a really good reminder. Yeah. And then really achievers wrestle with insecurity. You know, the, the whole reason we get drawn or pulled into comparing, it, it comes down to that insecurity, right? You're asking this fundamental question am I enough? And God says you absolutely are. And you're asking, excuse me, you're asking it for your child. You're saying, God, is this child enough? He may be failing in school. He may be causing all kinds of ruckus on the playground. He may be, you know, deciding that he's going to be a professional YouTuber rather than going to the college that you've chosen for him. I mean, that's a real thing right now, right? Mm -hmm. And and the thing is, your child is deeply loved by God, whether he's achieving and becoming a superstar or whether he is just floating along, making life happen. It doesn't change God's love for your child. And so you can let go of that insecurity. And then finally, achievers, kind of to summarize this whole section, achievers compare, whereas abiders celebrate. They celebrate the presence of Christ. They celebrate the uniqueness of each child. They celebrate the gifts God's given them. And, and that's where their focus is. Rather than looking at what they don't have, they look at what they do have and they celebrate right. it. So true. I think of some of my friends with special needs kiddos yeah. and how easy, I mean, that comparison, it just presents itself on the playground, right? But then we always know there are such special gifts and learnings that we have from special needs kiddos. But I, I feel like that's um, a huge lesson for special needs moms, right, out there that are just like, hey, the comparison, it's always going to be hard, right? So yeah. what's the choice, like you said, to celebrate, to celebrate what God's given them and really treasure those special times with them? That's, that's really good. It, you know, and I think of moms with special needs, uh, kids, I that's very near and dear to my heart. I mean, we have a grandson who has significant special needs, you know, and mm -hmm. we pray for him all the time. And, you know, we do pray for healing for certain parts of his special needs. And yet, I think, 
what if God wants to glorify himself through right. the weaknesses that are there, right? Mm-hmm. And and so it's it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, he is one of our most empathic grandkids. And so mm-hmm. I celebrate that. I think that's a beautiful thing, you know. He, he really rises to the top of the pack there. And so <laughs> it's fun to celebrate that, you know. That's right. That's right. Good so deal. I think what I want to give our listeners today, Sarah, mm-hmm. is three tangible suggestions from John 15 to stop comparing because we can, you and I can say, stop comparing, stop comparing. Right. And you know, somebody will say, okay, I'm going to stop comparing today. And then all of a sudden tomorrow they find themselves comparing. Right. So we, but what's our action, right? We can try to stop, but our brain's going to keep moving. Yeah. (laughs) So what do we do instead, Becky? What do we do? (laughs) Yeah. So I think the first suggestion I have is to find your own unique design and your child's own unique design. You know, I created this tool about 10 years ago called the design profile and it just starts, it takes that word design and puts out a a word for each letter like for the the acronym. Yeah. And so the D stands for dreams. And I think it's good for mamas to stop at different points in their year. Like around New Year's is a great time to do this, but also in the summer what are your dreams as a mother? I mean, you can't you can't um, build your whole life around your kids, right? Because someday they're going to grow up and you need to have a life, right? Hmm. So yep. think about what are the dreams God has put in your heart? And then your experience. You have unique experiences that nobody else has. They haven't lived your story. So figure out your unique experiences and how God might want to use those in your neighborhood, in your kids' schools, in your church. And then right on the heels of that is S. Find your strengths. All of us have strengths and all of us have weaknesses. And, you know, a lot of times... Women, especially, it seems to me, and mamas will focus more on their weaknesses. But there's actually brain chemistry that happens when you focus on your strengths, you know? So what are your strengths as a mom? What are your strengths if you work outside the home? What are your strengths that you exercise in the church, you know? Because that's part of your unique design. And then I, influence. We all have influence beyond just our kids. Like Sarah, I think about you and you have influence at Heights Church. And what does it look like for you to use that influence in in a way that's unique to you? You know, talk to us about that a little bit. I think what's neat about what you've just shared, the dreams, experiences, strengths, and influences, it's looking at what's already there, how God's gifted me, right? Like for instance, I have been part of our mother's group and that was a little hard for me because as an achiever, I was like, I'm a working mom. I don't need those mom ministries, you know? (laughs) (laughs) We're always um, real here. (laughs) That's right. It it was was an open door and I walked through it and there were such gifts in that and, and it just finished in that year because, um, I thought, well, at the very least they need to see that there's other moms just trying their best, right? Trying to figure out what are my dreams and experience. And I was able to share a few times on stage. It was a little bit 
um, not even planned, but some of those life experiences where I'd seen the Lord guide me through things and I had more empathy for folks that have been through, say, cancer or that. And mm. those are such hard parts of my journey. But to be able to share those. In fact, yeah, I think that was more my role than anything was just to be like, I'm right there with you. And I'm yeah. but also I'm trusting that that God has given us dreams, experiences, strengths to love on people in our circle. So I really like that you brought that up. It's a very important influence. Yeah, I I love the whole idea of influence, you know, because I, I know moms, whether you're working or whether you have chosen a stay-at-home path during this season, I know young moms who are serving in their on their worship team at their church, you know, and they have extraordinary influence because of that. I know moms who spend hours volunteering at their kids' school, and they have enormous influence. And I know moms who deliver, like, cookies and baked goods and meals to people who are suffering, and they have extraordinary influence. So all of us have an influence. So find where, I mean, and this is more about taking the time to reflect on where you have influence. And then there's gifts, you know. I think a, a pivotal question for every believer, whether they're moms or they're not moms, is what are my spiritual gifts? What do I mean by spiritual gifts? The lists of spiritual gifts are found in 1 Corinthians 12, in Ephesians 4, and in Romans 12. And God gives us these gifts as when we become believers, we are, we are given the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gifts us with certain abilities to benefit the entire body of Christ. And so when you, like maybe you have the gift of teaching and when you're teaching in the body of Christ, everybody benefits. Maybe you have a gift of generosity and as you're giving, other people are benefiting from your gift. Maybe you have the gift of encouragement. And so when people are discouraged, you're the one that writes little notes to your friends or you just have the right word at the right time that's going to encourage them. Maybe after they've been up all night with a crying infant, use those gifts. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal those gifts to you and then to magnify himself through you through those gifts. And then the N, which is the final one, is consider the needs that are around you and how those needs pull at your heart. I know um, I have a daughter and she and her husband are missionaries to the foster care system and they're passionate about adopted kiddos and kiddos in foster care. That's a need that tugs at their heart. I know a y another young mom who is passionate about the homeless problem, which is growing. And so she carries snacks in her card and gift cards in her car. And when she sees a homeless person, she'll give them a snack or give them a gift card. She'll pray. She's teaching her kids how to pray for the homeless. And so what are the needs? So that's the end um, for design. And then this second practical suggestion that I have for you and this is maybe going to sound a little ethereal, but I really mean it in a practical sense. Cultivate a continual sense of God's presence in your life. Stay connected throughout your day. What does this look like when it's all blowing up in that hour right before dinner? You know, when the kids are 
melting down and you've maybe got a toddler on the floor throwing a massive fit and somebody else doesn't want to do their homework and so they're upset or angry. I mean, when it's all falling apart, how do you cultivate the presence of God in your life? Here's how it works for me. At one level, I might be helping with homework. At one level, I might be talking on the phone. At another level, the lower level, I'm carrying on a conversation with Jesus. Like, Jesus, would you give me wisdom for how to calm this little one who's on the floor throwing a massive fit? Would you give me wisdom about how to encourage my teen that maybe is can't stand Algebra 2? Would you show me how to encourage them? Would you give me wisdom perhaps even as my husband comes home from work, to be able to have the capacity to switch gears and listen to him. And so learn to live life on two levels so that you can cultivate a continual sense of God's presence. I was just thinking, Becky, this struck me just a few years ago, and I grew up with this passage, and and it, it was almost too familiar, right? But no branch can bear fruit by itself. I love that part of... Uh, John 15, because I think in Christian circles, it was like, okay, make sure you have your quiet time, make sure you have some time of prayer. And then it was an unspoken thing. And as an achiever, I took it this way. It wasn't anyone telling me this, but it was like, okay, so you you beef up (laughs) and then you go do the things and then you come back, right? To get filled up again. And that was just as an achiever, it's like, okay, but then this metaphor is doesn't work right like we have to be connected the whole time like you're saying that lower level is always going like we're always connected to the lord it's not um okay i'm i'm gonna let go for a few minutes go do my things with some power yeah. <laughs> come back and, and get plugged in you know and maybe i'm the only one that's thought no, of it I that way think so you know i thought of it as a kid growing up like god had a gold a, a chart kind of And you got a gold star if you remembered to read your Bible. You know, if you remember to pray, you got another gold star. If you were patient or kind, you got a gold star. And then I began realizing, no, it's not meant to be like that. We're supposed to be living life in Mm -hmm. continual friendship with Jesus, you know? Continual, right. 24-7. 24-7. I love that. Yeah, neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Like there's there's no fruit without being plugged in right? Being part of. Right, exactly. And then the final suggestion I have is, girls, we have got to redefine the word success because it's gotten really wonky, especially here in the West. You know, if you're measuring your success as a mom by whether or not your child gets into Harvard, Yale, and Duke University, you might be in for a rough ride. If you're measuring (laughs) your success by if your child gets a full ride to some college, a district one school because of his soccer playing abilities, you might be vastly disappointed. If you're measuring your success by whether or not your child makes wise choices in their teen years, you are missing it. Success as a mom means you are staying connected to the vine. You are living life connected to the vine and you're going to remain faithful there because all through this passage Jesus says it over and over again 
In some translations, he says remain. In other translations, it says abide. But it's basically like stay connected to me. So success for you as a mom is being faithful, remaining connected to Christ, and living out of the overflow of that. That is huge. Becky, I don't know if I've asked a question with this perspective before, but obviously your kids are now parents. But without listing names or anything, what are some of the successful things that you see in your kids? Oh, what are some I love of the that traits? You asked me that. You know, I I am extremely blessed in that my kids, my adult kids and their spouses are all walking with Jesus. And I I don't take credit for that. I prayed for that all their lives and I tried to really work on my connection with them. And I could tell when the connection was going awry, you know, that I needed to stay connected. But as I watch my kids parent their kids, one of the families has a prayer wall and each person in the family has a little like mini bulletin board and they'll ask their kids, okay, who are you praying for? And the kids pin a card up there of people they're praying for. And I, I love that, you know, and then one of my uh, kids is really, really good at teaching her kids uh, to memorize scripture. She doesn't do it in a harsh way. She usually comes up with a song for it, you know, and, and the other night I saw, she was sending out a video on our fa Harling family chat, you know, uh -huh, and it uh -huh. was of her little two-year-old daughter quoting Psalm, um, four, where it says, I will lay down and sleep because in peace, you alone make me dwell in safety. And it's so dear, you know, oh, and so they're, sweet cultivating scripture in their kids hearts and then you know another family has their kids all serving like no we don't just go to church because we want to receive 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 we go to church to serve as well and so it, it's been really fun for me to see these patterns that my kids are developing with their own kids and I could go on and on about that but we are almost out of time <laughs> <laughs> but nowhere in that did you say like I'm so proud of them for going to Harvard or something, oh, know, I something know, like that I know. you know like I love that like those are the the success right as, yeah. a, as a mom and grandma those and that's really important for people in my life stage or it's like, you know, it's, it's not about all that world yeah. achievement stuff. It's truly, you know, that connection with us and the Lord. Wow. What a gift that you get to enjoy that and see it bear fruit in their gift. families. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, last night, Steve and I um, took a hike together. We like to hike in the evening and, you know, I have the blessing of living in Colorado. So it's mm -hmm. always lovely to be able to hike. And, we were reflecting on um, on just how good life is. And Steve was just saying, you know, we we are so blessed. I mean, it's it's incredible. And I realize that some may be walking through sorrow and suffering right now. And so I want to reach out to you because we have had those seasons. I remember very well the season of cancer that I went through and the suffering that came with that. And I remember a season where the girls all lost babies and that was a deep sorrow and suffering, you know, but the thing is, as you remain in Christ, your propensity to compare and to feel jealous because maybe your neighbor's life is going perfectly and yours is not right now 
um, it's, it's going to diminish because at the end of the day, what you want more than anything is that deep relationship with Jesus. Because even when Jesus strips it all away, he gives himself. And in the end, he is enough. And you are enough because he is enough. In fact, you know, I, I love, I want, I think I want to end with this, Sarah. You know, God has appointed you and anointed you to be the mom of your child. I want, I want you to, if you're listening, I want you to write down those two words. God has appointed you. John 15, 16 says that Jesus said, I appointed you. You have a divine appointment and it's to be the mama to your kids, whether they're infants or adults. That's part of your divine appointment. Mm-hmm. And then 1 John 1, 20 tells us that God has anointed us for the task because he has given us the Holy Spirit. And when we are so inadequate, the Holy Spirit is more than able. And so as we press into him, he pours out his anointing on us and we're able to do the thing that is really hard. So remember that. Remember those two words as we close. You are appointed and you are anointed. Sarah, would you close us out with prayer? I'd love to. Thank you, Becky. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you that you truly do provide the strength and the power to walk this road as moms. Thank you for these reminders that Becky has shared, especially that you've appointed us. You've appointed us for our families and to be the the moms of our kids, Lord. And you've anointed us. You've empowered us. You've given us all that we need in you to be that mom. Help us to take a moment to just let that seep in. Help us to truly tap into that, Lord, because we know that staying grounded in you, staying connected to you, the vine, helps us just push away all of those comparison thoughts and and lies, really, Lord, that are not of you. Help us to um, be grounded in your truth. I thank you for all the moms listening and, and ask that you would remind them of that today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, hey, mamas out there, if you get a chance this week, would you open your Bibles to John 15? Maybe just leave it out on the counter and every now and then as you're walking past it, read a verse to remind yourself of these truths. You are appointed and you are anointed. And as you remain in Christ, you can let go of the need to compare. So you've been listening to the Connected Mom podcast. We hope you'll join us next week for another episode as we have real life conversations about connecting more deeply with God, more empathically with your fellow moms, and more intentionally with your child. Hey, all you moms out there, this is Becky Harling, and I love creating resources to help you connect more empathically with your child. One of those resources is a book that I wrote called How to Listen So Your Kids Will Talk. One of the greatest skills you can cultivate, really enhance that connection with your child is the skill of listening. So how well do you really listen? This book is loaded with practical ideas to get your kids talking and to help you as you listen. You can buy it wherever Christian books are sold. You can order it on Amazon or anywhere else. So I hope you'll get a copy of the book and put the work into listening to your child.